for a single soul Reaching a further and stepping in closer Welcome to Living Life. Today, again, we are in 1 Chronicles, and here we're going to see the death of Saul. And this was all important for the people of God who were coming back from exile from Babylon to be reminded of their history, even a tragic part of their history. For that's really the story of Saul, because he comes face to face with the cost of un faithfulness. And it's really his downfall that we're going to see in our text today, because he has a misplaced fear. He fears man instead of God. And so today we're going to consider what does it mean to fear the Lord? Because the book of wisdom says that's the beginning of wisdom. Well, let's hear today's passage. First Chronicles chapter 9 verse 35 through chapter 10 verse 14. Jael, the father of Gibeon, lived in Gibeon. His wife's name was Makah, and his firstborn son was Abdon, followed by Zer, Kish, Baal, Ner, Nadab, Gedur, Ahio, Zechariah, and Mikloth. Mikloth was the father of Shimeam. They too lived near their relatives in Jerusalem. Ner was the father of Kish, Kish the father of Saul, and Saul the father of Jonathan. Malkishua, Abinadab, and Eshbal, the son of Jonathan, Meribal, who was the father of Micah, the sons of Micah, Python, Malek, Tereah, and Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Jadah. Jadah was the father of Elameth, Asmaveth, and Zimri. And Zimri was the father of Moza. Moza was the father of Beniah. Rephahiah was his son. Elisah was his son, and Azel his son. Azel had six sons, and these were their names. Azrikam, Okaru, Ishmael, Shuriah, Obadiah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel. Now the Philistines fought against Israel. The Israelites fled before them, and many fell dead on Mount Gilboa. The Philistines were in hot pursuit of Saul and his sons, and they killed his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malkishua. The fighting grew fierce around Saul, and when the archers overtook him, they wounded him. Saul said to his armor-bearer, Draw your sword and run me through, or these uncircumcised fellows will come and abuse me. But his armor-bearer was terrified and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When the armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he too fell on his sword and died. So Saul and his three sons died, and all his house died together. 
When all the Israelites in the valley saw that the army had fled, and that Saul and his sons had died, they abandoned their towns and fled, and the Philistines came and occupied them. The next day, when the Philistines came to strip the dead, they found Saul and his sons fallen on Mount Gilboa. They stripped him and took his head and his armor and sent messengers throughout the land of the Philistines to proclaim the news among their idols and their people. They put his armor in the temple of their gods and hung up his head in the temple of Dagon. When all the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their valiant men went and took the bodies of Saul and his sons and brought them to Jabesh. Then they buried their bones under the great tree in Jabesh, and they fasted seven days. Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord and even consulted a medium for guidance, and did not inquire of the Lord. So the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. I want us to begin by looking at the very end of our text. And so in 1 Chronicles chapter 10, verse 13, the Word of God says, Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord and even consulted a medium for guidance and did not inquire of the Lord. Saul had a problem of a misplaced fear. He feared man instead of the Lord. Now, of course, the Word of God tells us that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And so we need to understand what does that mean? Because we don't want to fear man. But in fearing the Lord, we know that it means to follow the Lord and to really obey His commandments. But along with that, it also has the idea of enjoying the Lord in the sense of delighting in God's commandments. God doesn't want us to obey Him out of duty. He wants us to obey Him out of delight. And then the fear of the Lord also has the idea of adoring the Lord and to really worship Him and to draw our attention, to just pay attention to the Lord. But along with this, we know that the fear of the Lord has the idea of respect the Lord, who He is, His power and His authority, and we're never to turn our backs on the Lord. Saul really could have learned, should have learned that lesson. Instead, he saw the cost of unfaithfulness. Now, to help us understand this idea of the fear of the Lord, I want to tell you a story. It's a true story of my friend introducing my children to his dog, a big dog, a German shepherd. And he told my kids that Dutch, that's the name of the dog, that you can go up to Dutch and you can put your arms around him. And I remember watching my kids do that and they first kind of walked up to the dog with a little bit of fear, but then you could see a smile on their face, but they really 
held on to him and could see that he had a lot of power and strength and muscle. And then my friend said, and Dutch really likes it when you whisper into his ear and just tell him what's on your mind. But then my friend said, but there's one thing my dog does not like, and that is for you to run away from him. He does not like that. Well, as I consider the idea of the fear of the Lord, that just makes it come into perspective. God wants us to draw near to him. And as we do that, we can really see his power and his authority. And we're to respect that. But then also to know that we are not to turn our backs and run from God. Saul did just that. We're told in the scripture that he consulted a medium. He turned away from the Lord and looked elsewhere. He wanted the dead to give him guidance. But we know that we're to turn to the living God and we have the living Word of God, the Bible, which is our final authority for faith and practice. And so I would like to encourage you to exercise the transforming habit of study, to really fall in love and get acquainted with the Word of God. And we can do that by hearing the Word of God, reading the Word of God, studying it, memorizing the Word of God, and then also meditating on God's Word. You're doing that as you involve yourself in living life and the devotional and getting into the Word of God. But I today want to draw your attention to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I go to Proverbs because, again, it tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we're told that we are to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Saul should have really sat down and pondered that truth, that he should have trusted in the Lord and lean not on his own understanding or going to a medium. We're not to go outside of the Word of God. Don't go to the horoscope. Don't go to a palm reader. Don't have this fear of man. We should fear the Lord and to trust Him. And so today, I just want to encourage you to have a proper fear, and that means to follow the Lord. Be faithful to Him, for He wants to lead and guide and direct you. So today, follow the Lord, enjoy the Lord, adore the Lord, and respect the Lord, and do so to God's glory and your joy.
The death of Saul was really a tragic part of the history of God's people in seeing the cost of unfaithfulness. And I just want to say that in the New Testament, we also see someone who saw the cost of non-discipleship to the Lord. It was the rich young ruler. And we're told that he turned his back on the Lord and went away grieving. He didn't take that opportunity, that offer to follow the Lord. Today, I want to encourage you to just not let anything get in the way of you surrendering to the Lord and following Him. Not peer pressure, not your pride, not fear of man. Turn to the Lord. Follow Him. Let me pray for you. Father, I want to ask on behalf of those that are listening to this, that, Lord, you would encourage them in their faith. That, Father, they would be a people who would follow you and really delight in your ways. And, Lord, I ask that they would certainly pay attention to you and have a heart that wants to worship you and to really gladly reflect back to you the radiance of your worth in their lives. Lord, may we be your people who respect who you are, your authority and your power. And may we never turn our backs on you, but may we continue to follow Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we do pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a world and stepping in closer, see Jesus.